0: This is Nicole Bass, largest woman bodybuilder in the world, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast.
1: It's time for uh, another wrestling
2: podcast.
1: The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. If they think they got the answers. I changed the question. The cream of the crop nobody does it better these are the best in the world brother these are the best at what they do
3: when we talk about the legends of the sport
4: there's only two in my book
1: another wrestling podcast another wrestling podcast now can you dig that sucker
2: all right all right welcome to another wrestling podcast awp episode 110 i'm steve credo
5: and i'm jonathan benjamin
2: wow 110 episodes in jonathan and we aren't slowing down yet what can the fans expect from uh today's guest
5: Well, uh, I'm not even sure what we can expect from today's guest, but we have none other than the legendary Nicole Bass stopping by. She's going to be talking to us about all kinds of things, her career, um, maybe some people that she is a fan of and maybe some people she's not. Uh, You'll have to just continue to listen to find out what Nicole Bass has to say. But Steve, we are another wrestling podcast. You mentioned that. This is episode 110. Where can fans – or people just listening for the very first time, find all of our other episodes.
2: Well, hey, man, that's easy enough. AnotherWrestlingPodcast.com, your mothership for anything and everything. AWP. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, yada yada yada. Jonathan, just head on over to another anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Click on the links, like us, follow us, subscribe to us, leave us some reviews, uh, message us, tweet us, all that fun stuff, guys. If you need to know anything and everything about us and to listen to past shows, head on over to another anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Don't forget it.
5: Steve, we've got uh, a huge show as always.
2: As always, man, it's it's uh, it's going to be a big show. But Jonathan, you know, we we've we've changed things up a little bit. You know, throughout 110 shows, uh, we've had nothing but glorious topics for everybody. Uh, topics that are so evergreen, you can listen from episode one to 110 and find something different each and every week. But That doesn't mean the world stops revolving around us, Jonathan. There's a lot of things happening, and instead of talking for three hours about the biggest news of the week, uh, we're going to talk to you in under a few minutes about the biggest news in the week before we get to our topic. Uh, So it's just a little incentive that you get a great show with a great topic, but you get to also hear some of the most recent stuff and our take on it, right?
5: Yeah, and the first thing that I want to talk to you about is watching raw this week we got to see the club reunite and it felt so good and they beat down a returning john cena not even on memorial day does this guy get a break super cena gets beat down by aj styles anderson and gallows now what did you think of this turn of events
2: man i love aj heel styles i love uh i love him as a heel um I'm glad. It's happy. I love it. It's his icon versus icon. You know, two of the biggest names in professional wrestling in the past 10 years, AJ Styles and John Cena. You can't take that away from them. Uh, AJ Styles from TNA to Ring of Honor to New Japan, now to the WWE, taking on the face of the WWE. John Cena. He made his return, Jonathan, but he also made his return at WrestleMania for a match which everybody kind of blows over right now. I mean, did, did we forget about that? Uh but then he was gone for a few months and now he's officially officially back. Uh the man, you know, is like, I don't know. He's like Wolverine, the man heals fast. Uh always coming back under uh, the time he's supposed to. So, you know, super healer Cena. Um, not a heel Cena, but super healer Cena was back. I mean, Jonathan, I think the only thing that bothers me about this is the name of the club. I, I, I wish we were hearing bullets in front of it, but, uh, I don't know. I, I love this matchup, man. I, it's icon versus icon. I, you can't go wrong with it. Nothing bothers me. I think except for the name of the club. I think it has to grow on me more. I don't know.
5: Well, how long do you think that they'll let this go on? Do you think it's just going to be a short feud? Or do you think that we may see this go spill?
2: SummerSlam, baby.
5: SummerSlam. Yeah, okay. I think
2: I don't. But what I what I don't want to happen is what that what they did with Chris Jericho, to where basically by the time it hit WrestleMania, we've already seen it like three times. Um, it has to be one match where AJ Styles wins uh, or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't. Know. Honestly, I don't even care about the outcome. But it has to happen at least once. And then they try to let it happen other times, but it's like, you know, beat down after beat down, something like that. Whatever. Whatever you want to write into that story, something happens. But I don't want three matches going into SummerSlam to where that's like the fourth match. Like, they can think of something creative to do in between all that, but just don't, don't kill it. You know what I mean? Don't kill this right away. Let it breathe for a little bit uh, and definitely have that biggest showdown at SummerSlam. So uh, I think sooner than later. But, you know, like I said, let it sit. Let it marinate. You know what I mean? Let it get the flavor and then and then pull the trigger. But uh, I'm I'm seeing definitely SummerSlam. And then even you could bring this to Survivor Series, baby, having the club with more members versus like, I don't know, Cena's Cena and the, the I don't know the whatever's
5: <laughs> okay. All right. whatever well, you want to call
2: his band or whatever but I'm, i don't
5: know i'm thinking this and this is uh this would be probably seven eight months of of television but to start with right now cena got beat down by the club so at the next pay-per-view don't have it be cena styles because that's what you want the big payoff to be so sure. you have cena versus anderson and then the next pay per view, you have Gallows and Cena. And then finally, you just keep having it where AJ, being a heel, he says that he doesn't need to beat AJ. He's already like a legend in this business and really play that up and say that, you know, he's a champion everywhere he's went. Uh, Cena's only ever been in the WWE, blah, blah, blah. Finally, you have the major, major bout. And, you know, you've got the club, and maybe even bar the, like Shane McMahon says, I've seen this all before, I'm banning the club from ringside, and so it's it's AJ versus Cena, uh, it looks like AJ's gonna win, somehow Cena gets the attitude adjustment, lights go out, Finn Balor makes his debut, helps AJ, he becomes part of the club, and then they continue to wreak havoc all over the WWE for a long time, but slowly but surely you start to see that there, you know, there's a power struggle for the club between AJ and Finn, and then you get to see amazing Finn and AJ matches. Like I pretty much just did everybody's job on the <laughs> staff. That's it. I mean, if can you imagine if that actually worked out that way, how awesome that would be?
2: Definitely, man. It's interesting to see what happens. And I know some people are like, John Cena's talking about a new era with all these new guys and who comes out. A guy that's been a seasoned vet pretty much, but uh, that's beyond the point. I, I think it's still really cool to see Icon versus Icon right now. Uh, you got to admit, man, these have been the two biggest names in pro wrestling for the past 10 years uh, or gained popularity throughout those 10 years, so it's, it's definitely nice to have. Nobody else can do it except for the WWE right now, so it's going to be interesting to see. I guess we'll just have to wait to see what else unfolds, Jonathan. Jonathan. Um, But give me your thoughts, you know, a little more news this week happening. Let me get your thoughts about Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank for the WWE Championship. Um, What's going to happen? I mean, uh, I don't know. The fans want to see Seth back with the belt. Could we see that happen?
5: Yeah, I I absolutely think that uh, we could see it happen, but it's not likely. Uh, I watched the WWE 24 on Seth Rollins, the redesign, rebuild, Reclaim. I definitely think that they're going to put him in the title picture for a while to come. And maybe even at SummerSlam, he walks away with it or whatever. But I just don't see him getting it at this pay-per-view, Money in the Bank. He deserves to be back in the the title picture for sure. Um, But the only way that I see that Roman is ever going to continue to gain followers or support is to let him – have a lengthy title run because his first couple of title runs were not that impressive. So they need to let this keep going for a while. And what better way to get more out of Roman than to give him Seth Rollins. So hmm. I, I don't think it's going to happen in money in the bank. I definitely think that it will happen probably by, by the end of this year, I would say that Seth Rollins is your champion again.
2: All right. Now what about a double turn scenario? Um, people have been talking about having uh, Roman turn heel, but obviously that didn't happen. We've seen AJ Styles turn heel before that happened. Um, right now the fans love Seth Rollins. They could care less if he's playing a heel, but the fans still kind of hate Roman reigns and uh, even though he's playing the good guy. Uh, so I mean do wait,
5: wait 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 a minute, wait a minute. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's <laughs> the guy, Steve.
2: Oh Lord. Uh, you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Do you think something could happen to where... Do uh, do we need a heel Roman right now since we have a heel AJ? Or I don't know. I've gotta look got to make a list and or put something on my wall where it's all the heels on one side and all the faces on the other and just, like, see the math. You know what I mean? Like, is there 20 heels over here? Or is there 20 faces over here? I don't know if it's possible, but what, what's your take on, you know, a uh, 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 heel Seth Rollins versus pretty much almost a heel Roman Reigns, but even though Seth Rollins is the face and Roman is the heel. It's like, wait a minute. Does that even make sense? I know it has to make sense if you listen back to it.
5: I think that what's going to be the most important question about all this is what's going to happen with this draft. I think that a lot of stuff's going to come out of this. um, And I keep saying draft. We don't necessarily know that that's what they're going to do, but it's pretty much hinted that that's exactly what's going to happen. So – here, you know, when SmackDown goes live, prior to that, they need to have an all-new roster for SmackDown and one for Raw. So um, do I think that, you know, it's going to be a heel Roman or a heel Seth? I don't know. I think it, time's going to tell because there's going to – I'm hoping, and we'll get into this in a little bit, that there's only going to be one champion uh, during this new, new era, if you will. And so that's going to maintain a lot of the kind of what's happening because there could be – it's probably going to be split a lot. Half the heels and faces on Raw and half the heels and faces on SmackDown. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be very telling of what's going to be happening all over the, the, the new landscape of the WWE.
2: For sure. Uh, Jonathan, you know, the Hatch was open this weekend. Uh, a lot of social media stuff uh, usually ends up being about a video game, which it was. But on this video game, uh, Goldberg uh, was rehatched or unhatched or... Well, he's back in the, the, the wrestling game universe, but what fans are going crazy about is that in the video game, he passes a sign called Suplex City, and it's kind of reversed in the reflection of the car, and if you're Mark, you're going to, you know, you got to pause it and look at it from a right angle, but yada, 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 it, people are talking about Brock and Goldberg right now. Now, you know, in the past history, Jonathan, we've had the Ultimate Warrior debut in this video game in 2K. Uh, and then he ended up actually coming back, making a return, and then also going as far as Sting, who made an appearance in the video game, and actually made a return to the ring. Do we see this happening with Goldberg? Do we get a little last nostalgia run out of him?
5: Well, What's interesting about that is that 2K actually got Goldberg for the game. Obviously, they still had to ask Vince for approval and all that stuff, but he's just because he's in the game doesn't necessarily mean that he will be back in the WWE, but that's exactly what people said about warrior and exactly what people said about sting. So I am hoping that it's a, it's a return. I'm not really hoping for a very long Goldberg run. And the only reason I'm saying that I like Goldberg a lot and we, you know, we met him at the new England fan fest. He's a great guy, but I don't think his heart is in a long run.
2: No, of course. Yeah. And And I think, you know, yeah, and I keep a nostalgia to where, you know, have him come back, give him, uh, like, a few months to where he feuds with, like, three guys, and he wins out of all those three matches or whatever, or how many other matches, but you give him a few mid carters, you have him win, and then you get to a point to where he's almost like, ah, eh, you know, I've come back, I have nothing less to prove, blah, 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 Brock comes out. They say, you know, we had a match at WrestleMania.
5: Which was a total, and this is where if you're a kid and you're listening to your Muffet right now, it was an absolute shit show, and it was at WrestleMania 20. But I I see where you're going with this, and we have Brock versus Goldberg 2, and we have it at WrestleMania next year, and we have Stone Cold as a special guest referee, and I would be happy with that because there's no possible way – that show that match could be any worse than what we saw at WrestleMania 20.
2: Sure. And, you know, everybody has their bad days. Uh, well, you know, maybe they just didn't click right and they didn't. But, you know, honestly, if you look at it, though, it's not it's not if you, I'm looking past that first match, I would say, to where just look at. As far as legends go, um, as far as older talent, as far as being able to use older talent, um, we saw briefly that Shawn Michaels had a little spot with Austin um at this year's Wrestlemania and with Foley and stuff but these guys can't really give a lot more I mean I think Shawn Michaels could definitely go but you know there's there's really nobody left I honestly don't think I mean I have to look but there's really no older legends quote-unquote left that could actually come back and maybe do something like this I think Goldberg is in shape he's probably not in ring shape right away I'm sure that would have to be a, a few months to prep for that but uh you know, I don't know. There's really, you know, seeing these two guys in the ring, I think, would be a great marquee match for WrestleMania. It's icon versus an icon. Uh, Granted, you know, Goldberg had that little run, uh, and then he disappeared, but, you know, I don't know. I think it would be great to see this. It would definitely be a WrestleMania-worthy match. Uh, who, ca- Like I said, who cares about the first run? It's more about, you know, who's still around and who could still go, and I think, you know, from the looks of it, I think he could give somewhat of a decent show. We'll have to see, but I don't know. I think there's – he definitely, I think, could give a lot more than what Sting was given in a way. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it's more or less – we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But uh, regardless, that's that.
5: There's only there's only a few people that I would want to see him go against right now. And it would be like to, to close out Goldberg's career in wrestling – it would be Lesnar, just because I want to see what that match could actually become. It would be Owens, just because I really like Owens, or The Undertaker. And I know The Undertaker's streak's broken, but so is Goldberg's. But they could you know, build it up to say, we both had the most impressive streaks in the history of professional wrestling. And then Goldberg says, well, mine was even more impressive and then that's basically what happens, and then you get one final match, and maybe it's double retirement, maybe they both retire, and that's that, but, um, man, I am on fire tonight, I should just...
2: Can they just book us, can they just use us to write the shows, I guess?
5: Yeah, I, I don't know, but that's my that's my two cents on it, I am looking forward to this game, I really enjoyed 2K16 uh, last year, and... I am they, they said that there's going to be some WCW arenas and Goldberg if you pre-order now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else they do with this game this year.
2: Definitely. Another wrestling podcast is proud to partner with High Spots, the High Spots Wrestling Network more specifically. Uh, they're going to offer listeners one free month. Of the high spots wrestling network uh, you have to use the code AWP make sure that's all caps AWP uh, new accounts will gain access to over 2,040 hours and counting of premium wrestling content
5: that's right and the high spots network features top worldwide promotions such as PWG progress Rev Pro UK WXW WSU. It also highlights many of the U.S. regional promotions such as PWX down in North Carolina, FIP in Florida, NEW in Connecticut and New York, Queens of Combat in North Carolina, IWA Mid-South in Indiana, and AAW in Chicago.
2: Now guys, uh, subscribers will find hours of shoot interviews featuring all the episodes of the Kevin Steen show, The Old School with Steve Carino, They also highlight the original content that High Spots produces, such as documentaries with Harley Race, Jim Crockett Promotions, Rock and Roll Express, uh, etc., and fan favorites like $5 Wrestling.
5: Well, something for everybody can be found at HighSpotsWrestlingNetwork.com. For the low price of $9.99 per month, fans can stream hours of content to their mobile device, tablet, PC, or stream on their TV through Roku. Check out the High Spots Wrestling Network today and don't forget to use the promo code AWP in all caps.
2: All right, and joining us in the studio today is quite uh, an icon herself in the radio world from the Howard Stern Show all the way to WWE. Joining us right now is Nicole Bass.
5: Joining us today is someone who needs no introduction. She's a bodybuilder, a former wrestler, an actress, and she's even made numerous appearances on the Howard Stern Show. But today, you can add guest on AWP to that already impressive resume, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Miss Nicole Bass.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, Nicole, I also yeah. private wrestling. I uh, beat the crap out of people, but I don't do competitive. I do fetish. I do, um, appearances, uh, signings, uh, bodyguard. I don't know. The list just keeps getting. Oh, and I take my top off and dance at strip clubs. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> I do. I, I hit the adult market as well as do motivational speaking for kids. Um, my whole thing is, is, I guess with the resume that we just dated I'm a legend in bodybuilding, and somehow I became, I had a legend, and I'm not going to go to who said it, but the person who said it to me was an old-timer, He's he was like, you're a legend in wrestling. I was like, I am not. <laughs> he goes, walk down the street, watch how many people, I said, I don't want to walk down the street and have everybody notice me, where do you know? where do they know you from? And I was like wrestling. And he was like, see, you're a legend. <laughs> and I thought like legends are dead people, but I'm still alive. Although on Google, it says that I died in 2013. <clears throat> so maybe I'm not really me. I'm somebody else now. Well, but yeah. My whole campaign to come back into the spotlight and talk with everybody is that I plan on doing something, and I'm not sure what, maybe you guys can help me Mm -hmm. um, with the opportunities that you have on Facebook and Periscope and um, YouTube. I would like to do something called Nicole Bass Journey and talk about who I am and what I'm doing and my quirky sense of humor and have it be serious and yet um, not. So i You know, I don't know what the direction and how to go about that. So I kind of started on Facebook just stating I'm going for a walk now and taking a picture. And, um, you know, I did a mile and a half. I can't walk because my knees are shot. I mean, I can't run because my knees are shot. So I walk and I bounce around with my headphones and try to stand up (laughs) tall and straight
2: and then crawl out of the park. But Anyhow. I'll shut up. I talk a lot. No, um, that's that's fine. back. Okay. <laughs> now, now uh, you know, you're well known for both uh, bodybuilding, and you mentioned too uh, professional wrestling. Uh, as a kid growing up, did either of these things uh, ever, you know, strike in your head that hey, I, I definitely want to be a bodybuilder, or I definitely want to get into the wrestling business? And, you know, growing up, is that you something you always lot, wanted to a do? A lot of
0: memories back. I never thought about my childhood for a long time. I was. When I was born, I was a four set baby, so I have trouble with my vision. It always looks like one eye is way smaller than the other, mm-hmm. or it looks like what the heck is she looking at <laughs> um, I don't have any depth perception. I never played sports. I was always the odd girl out i was t- I just remember what and i don't know if I'm allowed to mention names, but I went to um In third grade, I went to, I lived in Great Neck, so whatever school you go to in third grade, and there was this one kid, Mindy Reingold. The day I went to class, she was like, what's your name? And I was very, I was raised to be very polite, and I was like, oh, my name is Nicole Bass. And she's like, no, it's not. What's wrong with your eye? And I was like, and at that point, I was, I was. Not trying to be funny, I didn't want to explain the whole story of forceps, baby. But <laughs> so I just told her it's broken. <laughs> she goes, "No, it's not. You got rocks in your head. You're rockhead." Oh. From there on out, I was rockhead. Oh. Um, I was always teased because of my height. They called me Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and like Howard Stern says, you know, Herman the Monster. I always got teased and bullied. So, the whole thing that I stand for in my life is to not be bullied, so growing up didn't play sports couldn't couldn't if you throw something at me, I duck. Mm-hmm. How I wrestle i don't know it's instinct. I just am good at what i do um unfortunately, the w w f didn't use me to my potential, and when I was with the e c w they made me wrestle. I went to school. Um, when I got the way that I got into wrestling was Jason Knight, um, uh, invited me to come. He saw me in the gym after I'd gotten done competing in the Ms. Olympia. And he was like, wow, Mm -hmm. you want to come to a wrestling match? And I was like, I just thought he was hitting on me because he was just staring at my body. And most people would just stare at my boobies. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sure. Me and my." Husbands would love to go. And he was <laughs> excited. And I thought six people were going to be there. And it turned out uh, it was at the Elks Lodge in Queens. Not the way the Elks Lodge is now, but the old Elks Lodge. You could jam 2,000 people in there. And they're hanging off the wailing, screaming like maniacs. And I went out. I was taught to power bomb powerbomb. I think it was Juan Marquez in the locker room. And they didn't, the, the wrestlers didn't really welcome me with open arms. They kept saying I was green. Mm-hmm. But because I always got beat up in school when I was younger, I was not a fighter. I really wasn't. Uh, um, my dad was a black belt, really serious black belt. I forgot what degree. And he would, I would get beat up from my dad for getting beat up. Wow. In school, because he was like, hit them back. No, no, yeah. you kidding? I was big ditty back then. Now you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> uh, anyhow, they taught me how to powerbomb Juan Marquez. And I come out of the ring, and everybody's like, "Howard Stern, Nicole Beck, yay. And I'm going back to him, yay. And I'm smiling, and I'm laughing. And I come out of the ring, and Tommy Dreamer looks at me, and he goes, why couldn't you be a wrestling fan? And I was like, what? What did I do wrong? He goes, you're a heel, not a face. And I was like, what's a heel? And he goes, he just shook his head, looked down at the floor, and walked sadly away. <laughs> but he told I asked somebody. What's a heel? And they go, you're a, bad, you're a villain. You're not supposed to get the people to clap, clap for you. They're supposed to, like, hate you.
4: Yeah.
0: It's like, How do I do that? And they go, I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> I went back the next night because I felt like I didn't do my job that night. Mm. And I, was, I made that crowd hate me. They hated me bad. And when I was with ECW and we traveled, I would terrorize the audience, and I got to be really good at it. I'm not so good at it right now. You have to be in the right head for it. Sure, that's how I got into wrestling.
5: Speaking of ECW, you recently attended Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. Was it nice to see him and catch up?
0: I love Tommy. Yeah. I love Tommy with all my heart and soul. Tommy was always very, very good to me in ECW. Um, I ran. I didn't post it yet. A um, couple weeks back, I ran into um, uh, what's his name. Uh, he's in the WWF now with the long hair. I can't think. Rob Van Dam. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm, uh, when it comes to names, people always ask me, "Do you know so and so?" And I'm like, I, like uh, "I think I do," but I just know everybody. I saw Badass Billy Gunn. I saw Rhino. I saw a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. You sure, know? very very nice. A lot of good memories. I saw Guido, and in fact, when I saw Rob Van Dam, we were reminiscing, and he goes, "Remember the time?" Because it was this, this is really like this is like one of those Nicole moments. He says to me, "Remember the time when you ate?" And I didn't remember this when I was at House of Hardcore show. Mm-hmm. And that show was awesome. And I was standing, staring at badass Billy Gunn. Like, my jaw was dropped. My shoulders were drooped. And my belly wasn't like, you know, how you stand tall and proud. I'm just standing there. And somebody on Twitter had posted a photo. And it says, uh, love at first sight or something. I'm staring at badass Billy Gunn. And that man is in the most incredible, you know, from the bodybuilding standpoint, that man was in the most incredible shape that I have ever, ever seen. He is really a badass for real in real life. Nobody (laughs) looked like that. And I was just thoroughly impressed. Tommy Dreamer is a doll and his wife you know, Bula is was me. It was just amazing. It bring, brought back great memories. Rob reminded me, remember the time when you ate Guido's sandwich? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> He's like, there was a the sandwich on the table, and Guido wanted to be- beat the c- crap out of you. And I said, no, I don't remember that. And then all of a sudden I did. And I was like, oh, shit, I ate Guido's sandwich. Them- that kid want hes little gleedo yeah, you know—and yeah. <laughs> he wanted for real. He's like, "I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna get her, and I'm gonna punch her." He was so mad. It was—it was funny. And then um, I remembered it. I guess it's not funny now.
2: But no, it funny. it's funny. <laughs> well, I got a question because I uh, was speaking about wrestling. You know, you mentioned uh, bodybuilding from uh, you know, uh, badass Billy Gunn. But uh, if we go back a little bit in the time machine, now, when did you decide that you wanted to get into bodybuilding? And when, when did you say, "Hey, this is for me"? <sighs> I never decided.
0: <laughs> I never decided that I, I I saw women's bodybuilding and I was like, ew, gross. I do not. Why do women want to have muscles? Yeah. Uh, it just was. I when I I was had had a fat. I always I, and I had fat moment, which I wish I would. I have pictures from when I went on the Howard Stern show. I think I was about two eighty, and you could tell how poisoned my skin was. Um, and even now, like, uh, I saw pictures, and I've had my butt back in the gym for the past couple of days. So I'm not back yet, but I am back, back to the Nicole that I truly am, and I'll explain that if you want. Um, the way that I decided was it was decided for me, and the reason it's destiny. Um, I follow. I lived in Florida, and when I had, come to New York, my dad was like, okay, we're going from Florida to New York. And I was like, "All yeah, right," right. Because I was a teenager. I think I was about 17, 16, mm-hmm. 17 years old. And my dad's best friend was my future husband. And my dad always told my husband, I have a daughter. She's six foot two, wide shoulders, tiny waist, to make an incredible bodybuilder. She's a female Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And my dad was just after a free gym membership because my husband had the gym. So after a while, Bob, who, so I can stop saying my husband, my husband's name was Bob. He passed three years ago. Do not say I'm sorry. I'm healed. I'm fine. Okay. Um, life goes on and he's part of me and people get to meet a part of Bob by me being alive and doing what I do. Anyhow, when Bob got kind of wise to how my dad was, he was like, you're right, you have a daughter, six foot two, with wide shoulders, and a tiny waist. I believe you. But my dad told him I had these big giant gazumis, too. (laughs) And so when I finally did meet Bob, I walked into the gym and I said, hi, my name is Nick Cole." And I'm in those Jane Fonda shiny tights with string up my ass. <laughs> oh, are you allowed to curse on
2: your show? Of course, shelf? yeah, yeah. Anything you want. <laughs> okay,
0: I can. Okay, so I got the string up my ass and those jazz, uh, those jazz shoes. Mm-hmm. That was style in the eighties, and the, and I had long hair down to my waist that I had just cut off because Bridget Nielsen cut off her hair, and I wanted my hair to look like Bridget Nielsen. You walk into the gym. That man had a 20 minute conversation. And the gym is, and back in the day, the gyms were not co ed, especially bodybuilding gyms. Women trained on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and the men, the gym, the other days of the week. So when I, when Bob had come up with the idea, why do I have to like have different days of the week? I don't want to deal with just men on one day and women on another day. It doesn't make sense business-wise. Everybody told him he was nuts and he opened one of, you know, the few co-ed gyms. So when I trained there, the guys at the time were very um, territorial. They, like, took the benches and was trying to get in shape. I got fat when I came to New York. New York is open 24 hours a day. You can huh. get anything. You can eat anything. Nope. <laughs> any eat the food. You just gain weight. And I was getting hefty. So I went to the gym. And when I went to the gym, my husband had the 20-minute conversation with my chest, picked his chin up, made him look me in the eyes, said, my face is up here. He trained me so hard, I was really dead set on not having any muscles. I was like, I don't care. Where's the bike? <laughs> but anyhow, he's like, he taught me that, you know, you have to firm up. You have to make the muscle work. Mm-hmm. So it made sense to me, and I started to get into it. But the guys were not having it. The guys were like, why did she have a conversation when I'm standing there of Why does she need the bench? I
4: was
0: like, excuse me, you're fucking." Can I go do my set? (laughs) And they were like, they terrorized and teased me so much that I don't know where it came from. I said to them, I'm going to miss Olympia one day. They fell on the floor and laughed at me. They fell on the floor and made me feel so little and small and stupid that I became set on getting muscles. (laughs) And when I did start to gain muscle, I started to gain people's respect. And there, you know, the rest is history. I, I became, I start, when I went to compete, my husband was like, don't sign in. And I was like, why I have to register with the NPC? Just don't sign in. I was like, why? And he goes, because I want to see everybody's face. I wish I still had the tape. <laughs> I had a tape, and I threw out all my 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 VHS. Mm-hmm. But I waited to sign in at the weigh-in, and everybody went like, holy shit, where did she <laughs> come from? Yeah. And when I, he, got, he had said to me, now you're going to have the last, now a heavyweight woman is 135 and above. I think I weighed in at like 198 bodybuilding would not have me. They didn't want me. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to go away because by myself, I looked normal, you know, Mm -hmm. but then you stick me next to your average, and not to say I'm above average, I'm not on an ego trip at all, Mm -hmm. but I'm twice the size of everybody.
4: I'm 62.
0: I am a big motherfucker. I am (laughs) just big. Yep. Okay? So, in bodybuilding, there five, 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 are 5'6", 5'7", 5'8", 5'9". There's a really tall women, but nobody is six two. Nobody. So um, they told, I weighed in, I think, at 198 at the time.
4: Mm.
0: They were like, you have to, oh, for the first bodybuilding ca- competition, this is, wait, just count to three and then come out. So the audience is clapping. And then I go one one 1,000, one I'm the last competitor to come out for the heavyweight class. Mm-hmm. Three 1,000, and then I come out. The whole audience stop clapping, and they go, whoa. <laughs> and i like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Because all of a sudden, the spotlight is on me, and I didn't not understand at the time how much of an impact I had on bodybuilding. Um, If it wasn't for me, fitness, and I I shouldn't say if it wasn't for me, I take that back. If it wasn't for girls like me that went against the grain, Diana Dennis, Honey Von Ock, and uh, Bev Francis, who was my coach for a long time, you know, they were all in the movie Pumping Iron too. I would not be here.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Fitness would not exist. There was no muscle in the 80s. Nobody had muscles. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, that was freakish. <laughs> if they think it's freakish now, imagine how they saw it in 1980. Sure. And they wanted me to go away. The, the, I call them the powers that be.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, I was very good friends with a man by the name of Wayne Demilia, who, uh, who was ran the Night of Champions. And... I asked him since I was 19 years old if I win the nationals, I can be in the Miss Olympia. I had gone over everybody's head. I'm very good. I'm not very good friends. I could call him up on the phone, but I know Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he knows me, and we both. He calls me the female Schwarzenegger. My dad came up with it, and I've then bodybuilding came up with it. But I heard it from the man's mouth himself when we're in the gym, it's like, um, it's kismet, you know, it's not like, Oh my God, Arnold Schwarzenegger bow to the ground. I'm like, Whoa, that dude is, he's been in it. He's been through it. Yeah. I have respect for him. Uh, I have respect for a lot of people that are in the bodybuilding gym. Mm. You know, it's just like we kind of know each other because we know, we know what it takes to sweat and bleed and not feel like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. We're still there. So I know everybody.
5: Now, we heard that you even met Arnold Schwarzenegger. What was his thoughts on you?
0: His thoughts when he saw me? I mm-hmm. I I was I wanted to compete in one of the shows. It's called the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome show. It runs in Columbus, Ohio. I'm not sure what month. I'm really not at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. I think it runs in March. He runs the show with Jim Lorimer, and it's a fitness expo as well as a bodybuilding competition. I think it goes on for three days.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And the vendors that are there is amazing. I mean, that place is gigunda.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And Arnold, back in the day, would go around and say, he would, it was really funny because I forgot what booth I was working I was working the booth, and he's surrounded by security. He has to be. Sure. You know, because everybody, try, it happens to me, and I'm just a little, I'm just a little bit famous compared <laughs> to him. Um, I get people that walk up to me and punch me for no reason. And I just stand there like, really? <laughs> You're going to punch me? And it's always like a little person, you know? <laughs> Why are you punching me? You
1: know, yeah.
0: and I want to wail on him, but you can't, you no. know, so I'll end up killing somebody. and Then I have to go to jail.
4: You know, and that's not fun. No. So,
0: anyhow, Arnold, I met him back in the day. I must have been in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to compete in the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. And I was turned down because bodybuilding wanted me to go away. I stayed with bodybuilding no matter what, and that's what makes me who I am. I flash my boobies on Twitter. I've been <laughs> thrown off Facebook for it. I just think that you you can't be bullied in this society. And if we as adults are bullied, then you know what? We have no right to tell say to our children, "Don't be bullied." Not unless you can represent. Anti-bullying. I am just a very powerful woman, and I stand for what I say. I don't shy away. So anyhow, I wanted to compete in the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, and I was turned down.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: No, you can't compete in it. All of a sudden, everybody had to qualify. Wow. So I, was, I, or you had no, you had to at the time. It was you had to be invited in the IFBB, which is the International Federation of Bodybuilding. I forgot what it stands for. The IFBB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, International Federation of Bodybuilding. Why has two Bs. Isn't <laughs> bodybuilding one word? But anyhow, Arnold sees, I never met him. I walk into World Gym when it was the original World, yeah, World Gym, and it was built just straight, like uh, those train apartments. Mm-hmm. It was long. And then it had like an out back outdoor patio. Nobody trains at Muscle Beach in Venice. So don't believe that one. But anyhow, (laughs) I walked into the world gym and Arnold's there. And I was like, oh, wow, Arnold's here. That's cool. And um, he saw me. We made eye contact. And one thing in bodybuilding you do not do is you do not stop from nothing. I don't care if there's the president walked in. You don't stop. The man stopped doing calves, came over to me. And he he did it. I can't do Arnold's imitations. I suck at it. But he's like, who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Nicole Bass. They call me the female Schwarzenegger. And he goes, you're not the female Schwarzenegger. You are a Schwarzenegger. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And I said, I really wanted to compete in your show, but they won't let me. And he goes, you're invited. Wow. So, so, you know, I'm not going to say which I, FBB official wouldn't let me, but sure, yeah. so-and-so won't let me do it. He goes, it's my show. You're going in. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Um it, it, funny. Another funny story is I know a lot of people, but I don't go around saying who I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just bringing up Arnold because it was an incident on the Howard Stern show. Sure. At the time, I had my gym in Manhattan. I don't have the gym anymore. But... Um, Ralph, um, I forget his last name, Cirilla, Ralph Cirilla, which is Howard. Um, I don't know what he does, but he does something. He does, you know, he's like Howard in the Howard's entourage. So Ralph Cirilla was training in my gym and, um, Gary Delabate, the producer from the Howard Stern show, I, he calls me up on a Friday and says, we want to have you on on Monday, but you can't tell anybody. So I was like, I will. and I'm the type, I don't tell anybody. I don't give out phone numbers. I don't give away any information. So I said, I won't tell anybody. And he says to me, do you know Arnold Schwarzenegger? I said, yes, I know Arnold Schwarzenegger. He says, great. We're going to have you on a Monday with Arnold and don't tell anybody. So I didn't <laughs> tell anybody. He didn't know that I knew him. So I go in to the show and um, they put me in one room, Arnold in the other room. Arnold's in the middle of doing, you know, his Arnold stuff with Howard. And then they bring me in. And Arnold and I make eye contact. And he goes, they're cold. And I go, Arnold. And Howard's jaw just dropped. <laughs> and, I was, you know, we're talking and we're ignoring Howard. And Howard's like, you know Arnold. I
4: said, yeah,
0: I said to Gary, I know Arnold no, you know Arnold. I said, yes, I know Arnold. And then they just threw their, everybody just threw their hands up in the air like, oh, Nicole wounds a whole week of a bit. You know, like there are funny little one liners on how, you know, I don't know. Cause whenever I go on Stern, they always tease me and say, you know, I look like Herman the monster. You know, I look like a man, but I'm not, but I really am the largest woman body, they create the cross. Controversy, which is great. I love it. You know, right now when I walk around the neighborhood where I live, people—nobody's walking into a parking meter or building. So I know I'm out of shape. They're all like, <laughs> "Oh, you look great."
2: I do. That means I look like crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now to uh, set the bar high. <laughs> sure. Now, Nicole, uh, fast forward a little bit, too. You know, uh, we talked a little bit about ECW before. Sure. Um, you know, after working with ECW, mm-hmm. you, you got a call, too, to come into the
5: WWE, right? You know, when WWE, I went
2: right? to—I I, just—wait, wait, wait. I'm just sure. going to interrupt, but I can
0: bring up one thing, which I know that you guys are going to throw at me. It's just everybody's been throwing it at me. Okay. Um, when I worked for ECW, I didn't know what to wear. Mm-hmm. And I do fetish— Everybody knows I do fetish. I do foot worship and muscle worship, and I will wrestle you, but not competitively. If you try to hurt me, I'm going to street fight
4: you, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: or I'm going to end the session. And there's always security with me so that I'm protected. Um, But I had a leather dominatrix outfit Mm -hmm. thing going when I was at ECW. I had looked through the wrestling magazines and just, hey, what do you what do you wear? To yeah. this thing. I never realized how big pro wrestling was because I wasn't a fan. I didn't know. So I wore um, leather shorts and I think a leather bra, and that was ended up being the way that I came up with it. Was the only person that I could emulate was China. So she was at the time wearing a non-sexy outfit. You know, it was like grandma's spandex. Her original outfit was, there was no sex to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, as a woman, you need to, you can't dress in a birdleop stock. You really can't. It doesn't work. Even if you put on lipstick, it just doesn't work. So I ended up wearing one of my fetish outfits to the, first DCW show, and that became my get-up. She ended up copying me.
4: Uh,
0: Um, I was already the ninth wonder of the world in bodybuilding because I am the largest woman bodybuilder in the world, and I am in the Guinness Book of World Records. Nobody has broken, and this is as far as competing in the IFBB. hmm. I think it was 207 that that I'm listed in the Guinness Book of World. I didn't even want to sign the paper. I was like, I don't care if I'm in the Guinness Book of World records. I don't need them to validate me. I know who I am. I know what I did. But they ended up putting me in. I didn't sign any papers. I didn't do anything. So I'm in there. Um uh, she then became the nine, then she announced that she was the ninth wonder of the world. I don't care. I really don't. It's not that I don't care. I don't need to be validated. Yeah. And the way that I learned that was through my bodybuilding. I wanted my pro card and I kept taking second at the national, second at the national, second. And one of the writers for, uh, Flex Magazine came up to me and goes, Aren't you pissed that you're not winning? And I said, No. And he was like, "But why?" And I said, "Because every time they give me second, it just gains me more power."
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And he scratched his head and he went away. And then the next year, I won. I and then I was like, "Okay, fuck this shit. I won." You know, <laughs> that You know, the politics of bodybuilding were just too severe, and now w- women's bodybuilding—it's not as powerful. People lean more towards fitness. Sure, you know, it just became too. Yeah, this thing was bigger, bigger, bigger. Well, you know, and you lost the aesthetics. Sure, you know. Uh, but back to ACW, mm. wait, I just want to finish this. Sure. I'm, I know I'm all over the place and I talk a lot. So if I'm talking too much, just tell me to zip it.
2: <laughs> You're good. Uh, okay.
0: With, okay. With China, um, when I did find it, was Big Dick Dudley that looked at me. What Big Dick That uh, was his, his name was Alex Rizzo. And he passed, which was a heartbreak for me. Um, but Big Dad hated me from the day I walked into ECW. Hated me mm-hmm. like you have no idea. He looked at me and got undressed. wanted to take my chair? I'm turning around. What? I'm gonna sit there staring at his naked ass?
4: No. <laughs>
0: Turn my chair around. We ended up being best friends. He was very, very close to Alex Russo. Um, He looked at me one day, and he goes, you're coming with me. I said, where? And he goes, we're going to go to a wrestling show. I said, we're at a wrestling show. He says, we're going to go to a better show. He brought me to WCW, and I saw Goldberg, and Goldberg was like, holy shit, you're huge. (laughs) And I said hi to everybody in the locker room, said hi to everybody there. You signed because there was rumor going around that I signed. Mm -hmm. I signed with WCW, and that I signed with WWF. So he took me from WCW and then brought me to a WWF show. And Fable went berserk. She went and grabbed she's like, You signed. Said, no, I'm just visiting. No, you have to sign. So WWF um called me and I didn't know that they were calling me. They kept I kept getting a message from Bruce Prichard. I mean, who the fuck is Bruce Prichard? <laughs> I don't know. Finally, I called back the number because it was, you know, it was constant and um, I signed with them and I don't even want to get into my reign in there. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Um, But China and I would have been friends had it not been set up that it was a war. Everybody wanted me and China to fight. Now, I am six foot two. In real life, in real life, I can get on a scale. I weigh between 210 and 230, depending on the season. My normal weight is around 220. I'm not going to say who I was taller than. I don't want to go there because they announce wrestlers as being something that they're not. I ended up being six foot four because someone else was not. They were now. You know what I'm getting at. So sure, yeah. anyhow, <laughs> China was about five six or five seven, and she wore Frank. I call them Frankenstein boots, but those platform yeah. boots. You know which ones I'm talking. They're hard to walk in. I don't know how the fuck she walked in them. i I give her credit. <laughs> but we were at war because everybody kept trying to make it the war. She was an amazing, extraordinary woman but we did not get along. As far as I'm concerned, she was a cunt. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to use that word. I used it for how I felt in my relationship with her. My relationship with her, she didn't like me, and I didn't like her. It doesn't mean that I didn't respect her. I have an amazing amount of respect for the woman. She put up with a lot of shit. And it was because of her that I probably got into ECW. It's probably because of her that it ended up that I was at WWF, but she did not want to stand next to me. And I think I was in the ring with her once. I was supposed to take a, a forearm shot from her. I made my, you know, like a lot of times when I take pictures with some of the wrestlers, I don't stand there and try to make myself look bigger. Stupid. That would be absolutely retarded of me. I try to bring myself in tighter, closer, so that it looks like I'm their size. I have a picture floating around of me and Dreamer. I'm way taller than Dreamer, <laughs> way taller. But he's my dream boat. I love him. He is great. I would never try to outmuscle him. It's stupid, you know. I don't have that big of an ego. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, I don't walk around with my lap flexed. You ever see, like, the, the bodybuilders that walk around? They're all flexed out, and it's like, dude, relax. <laughs> yeah. It's so retarded, you know?
5: You debuted for the WWE at WrestleMania 15, and you helped Sable defeat Tori.
0: Dead, she dead-weighted me, too. You could tell in that picture that they have floating around in one of the books. Uh-huh. I kept saying she dead-weighted me. Yeah. She's not even posting off of my shoulder. Uh. And proof of vision that picture. That's I mean, I had a hurt shoulder for a while.
5: As someone who really wasn't a fan of wrestling, did you still see how important debuting at WrestleMania was?
0: No, I had no clue.
5: i always
4: go in
0: front of people. i have been in front of people all my life. Um, just weird day. Howard Stern, no screaming fans that are on. We were on stage at some concert. It doesn't. Um, it didn't impress me at the time, it impresses me now. I do a lot of things in hindsight. I didn't know how important it was. In fact, Road Dogg was teasing me. I didn't know who Road Dog was, but he's like, oh wow, you're Nicole Bass. He's so nice, Road Dog. And I was like, yeah, hi, pleased to meet you. And I was supposed to stay away from the cameras. That was the rule. Do not be seen by anything backstage anywhere. Hide. So there was a camera floating around, Road Dogg, you know, pulls up, goes into Road dog move, mode, mm-hmm. and I'm ducking. And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm hiding from the cameras. And he goes, why? And I said, because I can't be on camera. So there was like one of those big, giant uh, boxes yeah. that they put all the uh, cables in. Huh. He goes, Here! Get near you'll be seen for the rest of the night. <laughs> and I'm laughing and he's laughing and I just keep trying to duck the cameras. But in hindsight I realized how important it was. Yeah. Sure. Uh, was now, amazing.
2: Definitely. Now also too, you know, during your time in WWE the attitude error was going strong, pushing the envelope weekly, uh trying to beat W C W in ratings. Uh were you ever approached with any ideas that you felt maybe were pushing the envelope too far? No. Um,
0: I had Sean, my, the only thing, one of the things that I regret most is that I followed direction too well. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be a tough chick that walked out. I didn't want it to go the Howard Stern way. That's Howard Stern's script. Howard has his own comedy routine and it is exclusive to the Howard Stern show. I will not put up with it other, in any other venue. I don't want to be treated like that because Howard, I know Howard. I know where his head is, and I know where his heart is. Mm -hmm. Howard is a huge, huge fan of mine, and he only wants the best for me. Um, And that's on the Howard Stern show, they're not going to go, Yay, Nicole Bass is here. She's the most wonderful, sweetest girl in the whole world. Isn't she sexy? No, that is not Howard Stern. Howard Stern is going to push the envelope every time I go on that show. And if I can't handle it mentally, then I don't go on anymore. Sure. I can handle Howard. I can laugh at myself. I can take a joke. I get pranked all the time. That's why I said don't give out my phone number. Of course, yeah. I get pranked all the time on the phone. I And I put up with it. Just don't call me after 11 o'clock at night, or I will rip and tear and go after you <laughs> like a rat's <raptor laughs> dog. Yep. No, for real. My my home phone number. You, see, I have the, have the same home phone number for thirty years, and the fans respect me. Don't call me after ten. Yeah. Eleven is pushing the envelope. Yeah. Uh, e, whatever the fuck they are, they tried to push the envelope, and it wasn't they so much. It was Shawn Michaels, and I should have ran with the opportunity, and I kicked myself to this day. He came up behind me with a microphone and started to like pretend that he was doing me from behind.
4: Mm.
0: And I didn't try and the way that I took it at the time was Howard Stern humor. Yeah. Because he had made some comment, Oh yeah, the guys or something something directed towards me and I flipped. I went straight to Vinnie Russo and I was like, This is not going the way of the Howard Stern show. Well, I'm walking the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And I was so furious that I couldn't find hide nor hair of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is amazing. He is great on the mic, knows what to do, knows how to work out. And I did not know enough of the history of wrestling to grasp the opportunity and the rope that Shawn Michaels had thrown at
2: me. We follow you on Twitter. Uh, you also mentioned uh, uh, recently, a few weeks ago or so, that there was a storyline in which uh, you would have been the Undertaker's bride. Is there anything you could tell That's us about that? Correct.
0: Um, uh, Undertaker, I call him Taker. Hmm. Um, Taker didn't really gel. He, he's very quiet. Very to himself. He's, I don't. I don't know him person. His, personal life, but as far as his road life on the wrestling day, he's really by himself. He doesn't talk to many people. I used to have nice conversations with him. Um, so they wanted Vince, Vinnie Rue, I don't know who. Vinnie, it was Vinnie Russo that I spoke to most of the time. I just didn't really, Vince always had his excuse me for saying this, but he always had on his padded suits and the stick up his ass and I just kinda didn't really go to say, Hey Vince, what's up? It's just not I don't know, to me it just was weird energy. So I didn't I wasn't attracted to speaking to Vince. I go to Bruce Pritchard, I go to Vin Russo, uh Pat Patterson, Jerry Briscoe. I would go to those guys. In fact Pat Patterson's a dick. He's like I got shy when he was like, what can you do? And I was like, ah. and <laughs> I ended up only doing choke slams, you know, cause sure. I didn't, you know, do, I didn't speak when spoken to, but whatever. <laughs> um, Vinnie Rowe was probably who was talking to me about it. They wanted me to be the undertaker's bride and gangrel was there. Luna had stopped by. Um, It was was just an idea that was floating around Mm -hmm. because I got along with Taker, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, No second agenda, you know, just to get along. Get along on the road. What's the big deal?
5: Over the years, you've gotten the chance to work with so many great people over lots of different platforms. Who have been some of your favorite people to work with?
0: I don't have a favorite because they're all different
5: mm-hmm.
4: and
0: then being different. I hit so many different markets. I hit the bodybuilding market and I know celebrities from that. And then I hit the the wrestling market and I know a lot of celebrities from that. And then I hit the, the um, uh, Howard Stern market. And I know like the president's brother. Well, Clinton's brother who plays like great saxophone too or something he plays. I don't remember. (laughs) I know Bon Jovi. I mean, I just know everybody. Sure. And so it's like walking around in my neighborhood. I walk down the street and it's like, I might as well just keep my hands up like the president or the queen with my hand or the Pope with my hands up. I just know everybody. I think that in life, a simple hello can change someone's life. So in a simple hello, it can be really deep. Mm-hmm. So I have deep things that go on everywhere. I get people that I meet at my appearance. At my appearance, they come to. Great story. Fred Norris, okay? Mm-hmm. I love him. I love and worship the ground he walks on. He has the Fred Norris band. Um, he is the guy that does the sound effects for the Howard Stern Show. Sure, yeah. We got Howard, we got Fred. And then you got Robin Quivers. Those three are in the room and there's been a change of comedians over the years. Jackie Martling, um Artie Lang, uh, which he has a podcast now. I know Jackie Martling still does comedy. These people are awesome comedians. Fred is usually very quiet, doesn't say anything. I'm blessed by all the sound effects he does. Mm -hmm. They had one that I missed, but I didn't realize that while I was on the phone, it it wasn't... And I don't normally listen to rebroadcast, Mm -hmm. but I had called in when I was... I think it was probably a year after my husband had passed, and I wasn't okay. I didn't realize... I thought it was four years this April. It's only three. I'm doing pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty damn good for someone whose husband just passed, and for someone who had a boyfriend and now she does and Now she has an order of protection against him. So I'm doing really good. You know, I've had crappy things happen, which I will be speaking about on Facebook, and I don't really want to go into recent events. But as far as having a favorite person. My favorite person is nobody. I don't have a favorite. <laughs> I lo- right now, who pops into my head because it's a recent appearance is Fred Norris. I don't have any pictures with the man. He has a band. I've never been to see the band. That man, about 20 years ago, I was in New Year's Rotten Me. I, I, uh, it's something around that period of time.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I had on thigh-high boots a bikini and a top, and I, I, we were speaking, and I was walking down the street, and then the security comes from Howard Stern and Robin Quivers. It may have been a book signing. It was Howard, one of Howard's books. And I'm walking down the street, and security comes. I go, oh, you could go. I, you know, I don't need to finish the conversation. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm buying the largest woman bodybuilder in the world. I get to watch everybody walk into each other. I love this. <laughs> Stay with me. How awesome is That's the kind of, I'm really down to earth. I just, you know, my favorite person can be the girl in the coffee shop right now, Bianca. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, sure. I really just like people. I like people, but when I'm
2: in a rotten mood, uh-huh. if I'm not having fun, you're not going to have any. Exactly. <laughs> well, Nicole, you know, we've talked to you a lot tonight. Uh, it's been a great time. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, as we mentioned, too, you know, you're I all I know, over... you got to go. We need part two to come out. Oh, definitely. I can't <laughs> wait, you know. But uh, as you mentioned, too, you know, you're it all over social media. Right? to hook up. No, as you mentioned, too, you know, you're all over social media and Twitter and whatnot. But uh, for the fans out there who probably don't know, uh, where can they keep up with you on uh, Twitter and all that? You can keep keep up with me on my Facebook page, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know the exact address, but
0: I guess you Google or what do you do when you, you search Facebook? Look up Nicole Bass. The little picture is. Me and Howard Stern sitting together. I call it the slenderized version of me. <laughs> and then behind me is me giving the finger um, in the ring. And then on Twitter, I, uh, you know Nicole does not have hole in it. So it's N-I-C-O-L-E-B-A-S-S. I don't answer all the direct messages, so I answer some of them. But I do read them. I also am on Twitter, which is Ms. not Mrs., not Miss. This is none of anybody's business, what I'm doing. Ms. M as in Mary, S as in Sam, and then Big, like me, and then my last name, Bass. It's my AOL address, Ms. Big Bass, has been for the past 10 years, and I'm kind of on Instagram. I just have trouble focusing all three.
2: Sure. And I no. am coming out with Nicole Bass, a Journey. All right, thanks again to Nicole. Wow, a lot to talk about. A lot was said. Uh, If you guys want to leave any comments, please visit us at anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Go to our Facebook, find us on Twitter. Tell us what you thought of the show. Promo of the Week.
1: To the Warriors that have followed me! I bought a bed of nails! Or in a jungle full of razors! Or in a jungle that Kamala walks up in! It makes no difference to me! With the power of my warriors and law and justice on my side, and the grim reaper right behind, what are you gonna do? I want you to know right now, I don't care what you two boys do with Kamala and Razors, but Nails, you're my responsibility! I am law, order, justice, and justice in the World Wrestling Federation, and I'm gonna prove it when we get you in the ring, punk! Gentlemen. You entrusted yourselves for my services. There will be a mass burial when this night is over. As we look down upon their rotting carcasses, let it be known that justice has served.
5: You can count on me, monster. We also have a hotline, Steve. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, You can call us anytime, day or night, on our hotline. Another wrestling podcast, very own hotline. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you hate. Tell us what you like. Tell us anything that you want, and we will play the best calls on air. That number is 802-297-7672. Once again, that is 802-AWP-7672.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is uh, Jeff, one of the uh, lovely marks out there in wrestling land. I was calling about the uh, brand extension, and I was just thinking of a few things. Uh, well, the first thing is is they had uh, – this is what I did. I wrote down their their top ten guys going based on just the fact that nobody else is going to be called up from NXT anytime soon, at least personally – I kind of hope not because I don't want them to deplete the NXT brand, which I think is great as is. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I saw like the top tier guys going to Raw uh, just as in the, no real particular order. Uh You would see Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Cesaro, Rusev, Orton, and Jericho as your main guys on Raw. And over on SmackDown, you would see Cena, Ambrose, Owens, Diles, Sami Zayn, and uh, Dolph Ziggler going over to SmackDown. This is in, some of them based on also people coming back from injury.
3: Hey, this is Ryan Stewart from Poughkeepsie, New York, and I'm another wrestling podcast fan. And I really did not watch the era of the brand split until the very tail end of it. Um, so I'm interested in hearing what other people have to say about it. I don't know if I have a lot to offer as far as experiences from that. But I do look back from an outsider's perspective, and I question whether the champions, world champions and WWE champions they had during that time were really worthy competitors of the title. I think of uh, Christian, Miz, uh, Jack Swagger, Alberto Del Rio, uh, all had the titles for a while, and they just don't seem like, world championship or WWE championship material to me. So I hope they do a grand split. I'm interested in watching a draft, but uh, I hope they protect the uh, world titles and uh, make sure they're on worthy competitors. Looking forward to watching it all go down. Peace.
2: Today's show is brought to you by... Did you ever dream as a kid of being a professional wrestler? Well, Platinum Fitness Professional Wrestling School is the most incredible wrestling school in the Connecticut area, led by head trainer Randy Shawn Lockwood. Randy is a 15-year veteran and world-traveled athlete. He brings his passion for wrestling as well as his vast knowledge to the school, with many guest trainers to enhance your knowledge. The school has up-to-date fitness equipment in a clean and family-friendly environment. If you're looking to learn what it takes to make your dreams a reality, the Platinum Fitness Professional Wrestling School is your best choice.
5: The school is located on 22 Kenosa Avenue, Danbury, Connecticut. The telephone number is 203-628-7757, and class times are Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m., and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m.
2: If you ever considered about being a professional wrestler, a manager, valet, or referee, then this is the school you want to be a part of. Tons of experienced staff, clean facilities, special trainers, seminars, and much more.
5: They offer many affordable payment plans. If you have any other questions, check out PlatinumFitnessCT.com. We've been skirting around it all episode. Steve, it's time to talk about the draft. Uh, There's a potential that this is going to happen, and I want to make sure that it's done correctly. We've had other drafts in the past, and they've been good to mediocre, I will say. And WWE really needs to get this right. And I saw that USA Network was kind of upset with their numbers uh, with SmackDown, so that kind of precipitated this whole thing. So that's why they're going live now, and then that's why they're hoping to have this – where Raw's a great show and SmackDown's a great show and you know they can have some competition between them and really that's what they need mm-hmm. and that's kind of the idea that happened back in the day is that Vince bought out WCW so we'll have SmackDown to kind of play off of one another and with NXT it's even better because everybody knows that NXT is amazing and it's a lot of times better than some of the main shows so What are your thoughts initially? Just whenever you heard that this could happen, were you excited about the possibilities, or were you just fearing for the worst?
2: No, yeah, I'm actually excited. I mean, uh, I've been saying it for a while now that you know, just you know, online and whatnot. But uh, I've been saying it that you know, there's so much talent this today. You know, from All the shows that they have, there's just so much talent that isn't even being used. So I think they really need this separation. Uh, They really need to make Raw and SmackDown equals. Uh, I think this is a perfect time to let Raw go back to two hours and keep SmackDown at two hours. uh, Because you don't really want to have Raw and SmackDown equal shows and one's one hour longer. So that's not going to make sense. Unless you make three hours of SmackDown, and then that's six hours of TV just for in two days, that's I think too much for them. Uh, hopefully, this will give an outlet to go back to two hours for Raw. But um, I'm I'm still I'm still thinking about SmackDown in the name, and it's just come so far that it's like a brand, like you can't really change it. But I kind of wish they would have changed the name to something else, just to spice things up a little bit. Um, I don't, but I know that's I don't even get into that because I know it's not going to happen. It's just so it's been it has too much of a history i think to just rechange the name right now but um you know th- looking at the roster on paper jonathan and splitting them up i think is a great decision because like i said there's just too many people Uh, especially too many people just not being used. Uh, Doing this is going to showcase a lot of the mid-card talent, a lot of the guys that just aren't used as much, uh, to where now they're going to get more time on TV. And actually, this will actually help the superstars get some more time off to where I believe they get an extra 52 days a year off in a way to where they don't have to travel to go to SmackDown or travel to go to this other show or to be at both places. So, you know, hopefully it it helps with some of the injuries to where a lot of the guys just aren't being worked as much in a way. So it's exciting, Jonathan. There's a lot to talk about this, but I mean, are you, are you excited? Are you on the same wavelength as me or are you on your own? uh, I don't know. No,
5: no, I, I think it's a great idea. I've always enjoyed the draft uh, ever since even you know, the day of when WCW was bought, like the whole invasion angle. So I think it can be done right. It'll be great to see how it all plays out. I'm nervous about that, but I think if anything's going to happen, like you said, it gives some of these people who we know are going to get kind of tossed to the side here in a couple of weeks or months, like let's just say, for instance, the VOD villains. Uh, this will open up a whole new world for them because they won't have to be going. Because right now, there's so many tag teams. There's never been this many tag teams in the past couple of years. So there's so many tag teams that some of them are already getting lost in the shuffle. And then they're creating new ones like Golden Truth and <laughs> Breeze, Breeze Dongo. So um, I think that. <laughs> is that
2: like, even PG to say, Breeze Dongo? Um,
5: I don't think it is. <laughs> but, uh, I think that this is the way to kind of help everybody. And I don't see a lot of negative coming out of this, this draft.
2: Well, there could be Jonathan, but not negative out of the draft. Um, now with split rosters, Jonathan, um, two different shows, uh, championships. Let's talk championships because, you know, uh, I don't know the exact number on each roster right now, but I think you can actually split it up to have six tag teams on each show, uh, from what they have now. So If you think about it, that's six teams for each show, including the champions. So if the champions are on one show, including them and including another team, that's like at least six teams just in tag teams alone. Um, Is it going to be not as many titles? I mean, okay, if you have the tag team champions, that means, okay, let's say this month they're feuding with uh, one team, and then that month leads to the pay-per-view. They either beat them or they lose. And now let's say they beat them okay, now the tag teams are still on uh, Raw or whatever. Um, okay, now the next feud for the next month is still, you know, is it on Raw or do they go over to SmackDown or how does that work? Um, but even if they jump ship back and, jump ship, jump shows back and forth with the champions, um, is it is it still not enough titles for the, all these, these guys? Because... Do we need to have two world champions, two women champions, two tag team champions again? Or should we find a way to just keep those and maybe bring back some old titles? Like, hell, even use a TV title, a SmackDown title, a Raw title. I don't know. Like, do, do we need more championships? Do we just leave the ones we have? I don't know. My head is about to explode with the possibilities. And I, I, I don't know.
5: Well, I don't want that to happen. I don't want your head to explode. But the best scenario that I see that comes out of this is that the world heavyweight champion, the WWE world heavyweight champion, the women's champion and the tag team champions can go from show to show and they can challenge any competitor that's on either show. And then having some of the other championships, like if they decide to bring back the cruiserweight with this new series or whatever, but having certain championships only defended on that show. So Uh, maybe Raw gets the United States Championship, and SmackDown gets the Intercontinental Championship, and never the two shall meet for a long time until they decide to put the shows back together again. So that would keep everybody kind of in check. The big titles would be able to be defended at any show, which is exciting, and it would also give you, like, oh, I really want to see this Intercontinental match. I'm going to tune in on SmackDown, because I know that's the only place that I can see it. So I Think that that's a good way to go about it. I am not a fan of having so many championships because Somewhere along the lines they start to lose importance and you and I were talking about this earlier today When CM Punk was the champion on on Smackdown. He was the world heavyweight champion it, It meant pretty much nothing and it was like oh, you've got this belt that you're carrying around But you're you know, that's it like no one really saw him as a champion. So I don't like that that can happen so I'm definitely excited about the possibility that they don't screw this up and they keep you know only a few belts
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, I'm a person, I love championships. I would love to see the return of the Cruiserweight Championship when that whole series comes about in July. I would love to see, you know, like maybe like a TV title, a Legends title, something. I don't know, come up with something different. But uh, I definitely don't want to see, you know, two sets of tag teams, two sets of women's, two world champions. But I'll tell you this, um, Jonathan, if they have to bring a belt in or make a belt You know, you have the World WWE Heavyweight Championship uh, since it's been you know unified. You have that. That's your number one belt. That's the one you want to get. But the other show besides, I think keeping the United States and the IC Championships on like a like a same level, but different shows is great. But just for the the the. The main eventers on the other show that doesn't have the World Heavyweight Championship, what would be a good title to bring in, bring back, create something new that the the main eventers could fight for that's not uh, a mid-card title or something like that? Because that's the only thing I'm afraid of to where you, okay, you keep it on Raw. And now you have a month where they're feuding for the title and then he wins. Then it's still on Raw. Then the next month you have them, uh, he's going against somebody else. So, like, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship has been featured on Raw for two to three months now and it's never been featured on SmackDown. Now, what happens with those two to three months with those main eventers on SmackDown? Like, shouldn't they be fighting for something or like what else could, what in your mind, if you could pick anything to bring back or create, what should the main eventers be fighting for? Which is what I'm trying to get to.
5: Well, I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be a title. I think that that's where things like King of the ring come in handy. And, that's why they kinda of had those gimmicky things back in the day, because you have your champion, you have your intercontinental champion, you have your tag champion, your women's champion, but we still want to make people feel like they're important and we, we've got these great people, so what do we do? So that's why like money in the bank's important and having tournaments to be the number one contender, instead of someone just walking in and saying, I'm cutting I'm cutting to the front of the line, I'm the champion or I'm the number one contender now. Like make it important and make it all must see people with the network and all that stuff now there's so much there's so much room for all this content and that's what i would do i would have like if i'm doing the draft i'm gonna do a live network draft special i'm gonna do all that stuff but i want it, i want there to be opportunities more than championships so i would say have a big you know do kind of like what they're doing with the cruiserweight series but have it on the network where it's number one contender for the for the um, championship and they can do those matches at house shows. They can do those matches at, you know, SummerSlam access, wherever they do it, but it would make it all like must see and make this feel very unique and important. Like whenever you go to house shows, everybody was like, Oh, I wish that the title would change hands like tonight. Like Hmm. that would be exactly what I would do is say, okay, tonight, uh, in, Poughkeepsie, New York, it's going to be Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens and it's part of an Attorney and you never know what's going to happen, but they're going to show it would be a way to get people excited about house shows. Like It's all inclusive. Everything would kind of work off of each other. That's my thought anyway.
2: Yeah, definitely. Now, I want to put you on the spot though. I want you to give me a title that you want to see come back with this draft? Uh, Granted, without making duplicate titles uh, for each show, if you could see at least one championship come back, what would you want to see on either show?
5: Uh, This is tough, but off the top of my head, I would want to see the European championship come back.
2: Okay. Now explain this before you even explain why you want it to come back. What does it entitle to mean that you're the European champion? And... What does it mean to be that you're the intercontinental champion? I need some clarification on this. I
5: guess intercontinental means that whatever, whenever it was first made, it was probably uh, able to be defended intercontinentally. So if they went overseas, like the world champion can be defended anywhere. Uh, intercontinental can be defe- uh, defended, I guess, uh, on different continents. But European champion... I would say now, well, before they got rid of Barrett and all that stuff, there's more people now that are European wrestlers than probably have been in a long time in the WWE. So I don't know if I would necessarily want it to be where anybody can win it, or I guess I would want it to come back as more of like a prop, um, where like Balor, um, Sheamus, Rusev... Like a lot of these guys would start a faction almost and they would say like it's like a million million
2: dollar championship kind of a thing.
5: Yeah, but kind of like it was they were going. I thought they were going with that at least with the the League of Nations. It would have been a perfect uh, opportunity to do that, but they did not do that. So but I don't like I said, I don't think we need the championships, but gun to my head. I would bring back that one.
2: Well, then, uh, I mean, this draft talk definitely, it's spicing up talk, I guess, if you will, Jonathan. What could happen? What's going to happen? Uh, and possible rosters. Now, there was a photo that was leaked online, and I'll take this for a grain of salt, as you will, because even if it is true, by the time this draft or whatever happens, it probably won't even be true. Uh, if I could just read the rosters, Jonathan, could we take a moment out? Could I read these rosters and just give you an idea of what they they had on this paper? Yeah. All right, so let me read off the Raw roster. So right now they're saying Reigns and Charlotte will be on both. That's all they're saying for that. Um, So for Raw, I'm just going to read this list, so stay, stay in tune with me, and then picture this roster for Monday Night Raw. We have The Miz and Maurice, Seth Rollins, Sasha Banks, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Enzo and Cass, Dean Ambrose, John Cena, Paige, Del Rio, Neville, Chris Jericho, The Dudley Boys, Summer Rae, Kalisto, Shining Stars, Zack Ryder, Naomi, Sin Cara, Seamus, The Usos, Dolph Ziggler, The Ascension, Nikki Bella, Social Outcasts, Bailey, Shinsuke Nakamura, The Revival, Carmella, Alexa Bliss, Bobby Roode, Hideo Itami, Liv Morgan, Blake and Murphy, Elias Sampson, with JBL, Cole and Saxton on commentary, Lillian Garcia and Renee Young. Um, Now, that's Raw. Now, you heard a lot of NXT stars on there, Jonathan. We're going to get to that after I read the the SmackDown roster, so bear in mind, uh, you're going to hear some NXT guys on this list. So SmackDown now, Jonathan. We have Rusev and Lana, The New Day, Apollo Cruz, Becky Lynch, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, The Vaude Villains, The Wyatt Family, Baron Corbin, Emma, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. Anderson and gallows Randy Orton, Dana Brooke, Big Show, Titus O'Neil, Tyson Kidd, Alicia Fox, Natalia, Darren Young. Young and Bob Backlund, Goldust and Our Truth, Kane, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, Tamina, Eva Marie, Finn Baylor, Peyton Royce, Ty Dillinger, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa, Austin Aries, Mojo Raleigh, Billy Kay, No Way Jose, Nia Jax, with Lawler, Ronaldo, and Corey Graves on commentary with Jojo and Funaki uh, on SmackDown. Now, granted, guys. We read a lot. I said a lot of these rosters, but they are even. There's some NXT guys on there. There's also guys who are still on injury or haven't quite left the building, if you will. Uh, So, you know, from like Nikki Bella and Tyson Kidd are on there. So there's a lot of names on here, Jonathan. Now, granted, if this is real, it's probably going to change by the time it happens. And if it's fake, at least the rosters are split up enough to where... You can literally, we literally have six tag teams on each side uh, I didn't count all the women yet but I mean it, it's it, it looks even on paper just when I'm looking at this sheet uh, maybe we could post it on Twitter or something like that but I'm looking at this Jonathan and you know the the, the roster is even uh, but what's funny is that at the top uh, I said it says reigns and Charlotte are on both so now do they do something with the tag team championships? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff up in the air, but Jonathan, just looking at this on paper, what are, what are your thoughts about the roster and all these NXT guys, more importantly, because like I said, this is just a fantasy draft right now because it isn't reality yet, but if this were the draft, Jonathan, um, wh- what do you think? I mean, uh, is NXT gutted? I mean, there's no Samoa Joe I didn't read, but uh, <laughs> other than that, it's like... Um, I don't know. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on just this kind of fantasy? Could be a reality draft?
5: Well, I think that what's also important about this is it does seem to be that whoever did this, or if it's the real thing, the split was pretty much down the middle. I see a lot of guys and gals that are on both sides, and I think that makes for exciting TV across the board. And they have the idea that the draft is going to make uh, the champions – go back and forth which is what I like too so um, as far as NXT goes we were at an NXT live event and NXT's not doesn't have any problems they're constantly gonna be finding new people and I have a feeling that most of if not all of the people for the Cruiserweight series are gonna make their way into NXT so that's gonna be some new fresh fresh bl- blood blood um, there's always internet rumors about people like Adam Cole um, the miracle Mike Bennett Possibly Matt Taven, one of our favorites, like joining NXT shortly as well. So I don't think NXT's got anything to worry about. I think they're going to continue to put on great television. But uh, as far as the, the draft and this person's idea, or maybe it's the real thing, I am pretty much in favor of it. I can't really complain too much about that.
2: Yeah, man, and like I said, though, too, going back briefly to the championships, I mean, when you look at the roster on paper, and granted at the top they say Reigns and Charlotte on both, but they don't say anything about uh, the U.S., the IC, or the Tag Team Championships uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I but I definitely feel at the end of the day, you definitely need some kind of championship in there to to balance it out for the the main uh, the main eventers, I guess if you, if you want to call them. So, it's interesting though, Jonathan. You know what? It, it just gets us talking, and that's what's good for business because it's it's a what can happen. We don't know what's going to happen. We kind of read some things that could happen, but it's not a hundred percent. And that's what's great. You know, it's great conversation, and it's just it, you never know what's going to happen. I guess.
5: Well, that's the show. We want to thank you all for listening today. Every week we do this show free of charge for you, the fans. If you're wondering how to repay us, we have just the thing. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Hey, and while you're there, be sure to rate us and give us a good review. If you're looking for more
2: information about AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com.
5: We are all over social media, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you are an
2: AWP super fan, you can also show your support by going over to prowrestlingtees.com slash another wrestling podcast and buying one of our official AWP
5: shirts we couldn't do this show without you so tune in next week for <sighs> another wrestling podcast